She's Julie Roxanne. And he's Alistair. And And this this is Far Out, a podcast about stepping off the beaten path and learning to live from our center. That has done something to my nervous system that I think is partly responsible for the massive transformation of this summer and how, to put it mildly, I feel like I've been basically tripping the entire summer. And I have less mildly, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. Because we're in each other's way. We have enough space, like... It seems like oh we my have. God, yeah. It seems like we have an absolutely gratuitous amount of space here. Like, which is, if anyone saw the place, they would laugh at us for saying that because it's not <laughs> that big. And the first place she's gonna take it, guess, listener, guess. Where would you take Dorothy? Dorothy, the truck camper. Kansas. Kansas. She's going to Kansas. This is a match made like cosmically, right? Like this is destiny right here. Well, hello again, beautiful people, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Far Out Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Special effects. Uh, we're back. We're back. New season. We don't do seasons, but kind of. It's a new season. It's not. A, it's just. It's we're back a new after. Yeah. It's summer. Yeah. Okay. It's we're summer. Ba- <laughs> we're back after our summer break. Yeah. And yeah. it's awesome. And uh, I think our conversations are getting more trippy. I don't know why, but mm. this was a great. I think idea. it's because you're losing your mind. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. But we, this this episode, <laughs> oh, there she goes, losing her mind again. Uh, this episode, oh we're talking about coming home <laughs> and uh, moving out of the truck camper and all of the all of the things that's stirring up. Yeah, especially questions around belonging in nature, in in a place. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to belong in a place? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Well, hello, far out people. Uh, hi, you. We're back. <laughs> it just dawned on me yeah. as you leaned into the mic and we're sitting here in our home, in our bedroom, just recording this. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. How do we do this? Uh, that's a good question. Um, let's see if we can remember. Maybe let's... take a sip of your cacao. That'll yeah. be a first, oh. a first step. Uh, I will take mm-hmm. a sip of my tea. Mm. Right. I think I remember. How we do this? That's no, good. I gotta say, taking a two month break has been absolutely wonderful, and thank you for all of those uh, who have patiently waited. I know, and and thanks particularly to all of those who have listened to the repost episodes that have been coming out steadily all throughout the summer. I hope you've enjoyed either a refresher or a foray into Julie Roxanne and Alistair from the past. This podcast is all about documenting our journey. Our journey as travelers, our journey as spiritual seekers. As humans? As humans. Because it's something I appreciate. And and I, I uh, you know, I'd like to see more of um, in the world is this kind of just like authentic 
relating and open windows into people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we kind of aspire to try to do as much as possible without bleeding all over the uh, podcast. It's an art. It's an art. Yeah. (laughs) But but trying to give a window, that was the original impetus for this whole podcast when we started back Oh man, and Chana Masala, the the trailer we renovated in the forest in Leyland. Yeah, that was four years ago. Yeah, was like, hey, we're doing some crazy, weird shit, and people might be interested in this. And more than that, like maybe there's something we can share here about what we're doing that will help, inspire, or just provide company to others. Who are, who are also finding their weird way through the world. I think we like, uh, I, I, we were talking about like, okay, what are we talking about today? Because we're coming back after two months and it's been, oh my God, it's been probably, I can only speak for myself, but it's been one of the most uh, growth expanding, transformative times of my life. These last, this summer has it's, felt like, I feel like we have walked onto a fault line and something is like shifting at a really deep level. Yeah. It's also been nitty gritty, shadowy and painful. Oh yeah. Oh, I, that, <laughs> that goes without saying. That goes without yeah, saying. We've, uh, life has put us in a position and I think we've kind of put ourselves in that position of Mm -hmm. having to kind of come to terms with particular patterns and different Mm -hmm. things that many of them not serving also trying to find out where the gold is Mm -hmm. in a lot of a lot of what we have done Mm -hmm. and my I think I think I've probably shared this in the podcast before but I still remember an ex uh, business partner of mine who always used to talk about entrepreneurship and I think I think to some degree you could talk about life this way but he always described he would describe entrepreneurship as um chewing glass and staring into the void. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely say the last two months has been a lot of like chewing glass and staring into the void, or even worse, like probably like take looking at things I don't really have have tried to have have done a very good job of avoiding a mm-hmm. lot of my life. Same. And uh, a lot of those things have come up. Yeah. We were like, okay, should we just do an update, like, period? And I'm like, this summer was so juicy that, like, I don't think we can fit it all in one episode, nor do I want to. I actually feel like it'll be kind of therapeutic to be able to unpack some of this on the podcast with you and, like, with with the mic and knowing that there's other people on the other side that are listening. And in, this is where I'm trying to go with this is... Alster then suggested, like, well, maybe we don't even do that. Maybe we just jump straight into a topic of reflection that we've had. And for me, showing up to the podcast is like I'm sitting down to have a conversation with friends. And and the the fact is that I do, because after episodes get published, people reach out to us. We get messages from you from all over the world. We've been hearing from you all summer. It's been awesome. It's like, man, we there's there are people, there are tribe. There are people that you are people that we care about genuinely. And I feel like our our tribe is is a manageable enough size that we can say that genuinely. You know, like I feel like when people have a million followers and they're like, oh, yeah, I love tribe, ch- I love like, hearing from you. It's like, okay, I yes. And, and also there's never been a tribe that's been a million people. So. I know. And it's like and if a million people actually gave you their input, you probably <laughs> wouldn't be able to keep up. But there's a there is there is like a, a, a synergy that happens. And so for me, it's like if I haven't seen a friend for two months. And I sit back down. First of all, I need tea. We we just had this thing of like, oh, should we make tea? We're kind of running behind. And it's like, yeah, but I, I need tea. This is grounding. This is like... We, we, got, the, we got the... Uh... Yeah. And then it's like, I'm going to... I'm going to have a conversation and start wherever 
makes sense from the last time we checked in. And that doesn't mean, actually, I don't think we're going to do the whole chronological thing, but I think we're going to like drip some of the experiences that we've had over the summer. We've always used our life as kind of the launch pad for this podcast yeah. and the experiences in it to then explore uh, more general themes that are very present for us and um, are present with some of the cohort that we spend time with mm -hmm. and that I guess we presume might be present for others. Yeah. Um, and I think that's exactly what we're going to do. Exactly what we're going to do. And on the topic, it, it actually matched up this way. We we want to start by basically picking up where we left off, which is we had just moved into this space that we are now living in. And it's been interesting just for like the context of how this has unfolded. We moved in, recorded the, the last podcast before the summer, and then I went, I left, and then you left shortly after that. And we've been gone we moved in and then we left almost immediately. Yeah, like about a week after it got sunny and yeah. summer finally arrived here. I didn't even see summer before <laughs> I left. I was just, all right, I'm out of here. It was still rainy and we were and still using the heater in the morning. And let me tell you, you don't want to leave here when it's summer. There's, there's, it's absolute paradise. This here. is why people live in the Pacific Northwest right now. Yeah. This, this time in the and year. And then the memory, the, like the memory keeps you warm through the winter. I know. You know, it's like, it's it what keeps, keeps you, you going. It keeps you next, dry too. The next three month summer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so then we, you know, we went to, to California for the whole month of July. That'll be another conversation. We won't go into that right now yeah. uh, because there's a lot that happened uh, at that time. A lot that happened. And then we came back in the beginning of August and we are recording this. It's the very end of August. And uh, about a week before you listen to this episode as it comes out. And we wanted to reflect on some of the things that have come up and the journey of having a home. Yeah, I think it's been one of those things that's almost, it's been, I told you this yesterday, but it's kind of been like getting married. And I'll explain that a little bit more in a minute. But like the psychological impact, like when we got married, I, I, I mean, I don't know how else, but I underestimated like the psychological impact it would have. And I think I was like taking it pretty seriously, you know, like, but I you think, know. I think, yeah, I think you were more than me. I wasn't very, like, But we both, were, we were also doing it for real practical reasons. Yeah. Like, because we need to be married um, for, your, because you're from France and I'm from the U.S. And it makes everything complicated. Ma yeah, to, it makes everything complicated not to be married. So there was also, like, some expediency to it and everything. Mm -hmm. But then it happened, and we had a small wedding. I think we had 13 people there or something like that. We yeah. had just very close family on both sides. Uh, it was beautiful. And then I realized, you know, over some time after, I was like, whoa, this is changing everything. Yeah. Like, this, my psychic landscape has changed. Like, yeah. something has, like, melted down and is being rebuilt mm -hmm. and is in the process of that. And I just can recognize that it's no longer how it was. Yeah. And I think that's, like, a that's a rite of passage, right? Like, that is, that is a transition into a new stage um, and leaving an old stage in some ways for good. That seems to be happening around this. And you might say, well, you just got a place. It's it's not the same as getting married. But like, but I haven't had a place, uh, like I haven't had a lease. I haven't had a place that I didn't have to move on from 
for probably nine years. Maybe no, maybe eight. Let's yeah. call it eight. Somewhere somewhere around eight years. Uh, not not gonna care enough to like really pin it down. But it's about eight years. So I was like twenty seven, twenty six, twenty seven, mm-hmm. probably twenty seven. Um, thirty five now. And I don't think I realized until we moved into here how much that has affect like impacted the way I operate mm. and like holy shit, we don't have to move out of here. Yeah. Like we're not there's no we're not going anywhere. We're not trying to go anywhere. Like because the truck camper was this weird limbo at the <laughs> end, like for you know, almost a year. Yeah. Uh where it was parked here and we we're we were living in it here, but it was still on wheels. We were paying, you know, monthly rent and it wasn't really Plus, we knew we just couldn't stay in there. No, like, it's there not a place was, it, you can't grow. It, we yeah. were growing out of it, not into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I'm like, now we've got this space where it's like, whoa, I could actually, we could, like, grow into this space. There's there's room here. Yeah. And it's been fairly profound, starting only starting to recognize how deep that traveler mentality of that, oh, like, since I was 27... You know, like when we're traveling around the world, we always had to know where we, we always had to go somewhere next. We mm-hmm. always knew we weren't going to be here long. We always knew we were going to leave the place that we we were, whether we loved it or we hated it. Yeah. And then like the periods got a little bit longer. We got Chana Masala, our first trailer, and that lasted all of a few months in the first place. And then we moved it somewhere else and we moved to Guatemala and we got a longer term kind of rental situation with Airbnb and the truck camper. And, you know, there was some some permanency to each of those that was a bit more than the last but still uh we've been travelers basically and and now we're moving into a place and i noticed immediately that i was like scared to move in here Mm. like i didn't feel like it was real Mm. i didn't i was scared to like you know get things that would be hard to move out yeah yeah i wanted to stay like super lean and flexible just in case like well you've got to move on again like i it was really uncanny. Yeah, it's um we're what two months into our first, you know, iteration of the lease and I I still can feel that my body's like this is this is not for real. Like it's starting to ease up, but I'm getting we've been we've been told to we've had to leave or have been told to leave so many places that there's a part of me that doesn't really believe that this is real uh and that you know it can change at any moment on a whims on a whim you know it's like whatever what 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 do, what does the lease even mean but yeah that mentality i feel like it's like just as a picture of it it's like whenever i get anything i ask myself am i going to be able to move this <laughs> or like is this going to be a pain to move yeah you know what i mean yeah like it's like we can we have never been able to really fully nest like, it's just not been a thing. No, it's, we've never had a bookshelf with our books on it. Yeah, um, and, like, as we are talking, you still have some stuff at your parents. I still have some stuff on the fucking other side of the world at my mom's house. It's, like, it's... Some stuff that I'm still, like, a little too worried. Like, I know. It's, like, so precious I that know. I'm still worried to bring it here. Same, same. Where it's, like... Mm, is this my Should I keep it in that, like, more months. permanent, let's, safe let's place? Six months. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I think the way you said it is like this is the first time we're in a place where we don't have to move on from. 
that has done something to my nervous system that I think is partly responsible for the massive transformation of this summer and how, to put it mildly, I feel like I've been basically tripping the entire summer. And I oh, have. That's mildly, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I don't think I could have gone that deep in my own like journey of self and exploration if we hadn't opened up the, oh no, we're here. Well, I think this has been, I think this has been both of our intuitions over the last year, particularly, but even longer, you know, I know for you, like, I've been trying to get Alistair to move into a place for years. Clarion call (laughs) for quite a while, but yeah, but but that we felt like the next stage requires us to be more grounded. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I almost, you know, like. It kind of makes sense, you know, when I when I read about like kind of different, you read about initiations and trajectories and stuff, or like kind of just like developmental patterns. Like there's the wanderer phase, right? Bill Plotkin actually maps this out really well in his book um, Nature and the Human Soul. It's basically like an ecocentric model of personal development that I think is like it's resonated very deeply with me because it's felt very true. You know, there's like adolescent stages and then the end of adolescence is the stage of wandering or the wander. I think he calls it like the wanderer in the cocoon or something. Mm. Uh, But basically it's like it's the last of the adolescent phases. And he points out in this book that most people never get there. Uh, most adults have never even gone. Yeah, I think this. it's important to note that adolescent just doesn't mean uh We're talking about adolescence. Yeah, we're not talking about adolescence in maybe the traditional sense. We're talking about adolescence as uh, a stage that can go on forever no matter how old you are if yeah. you are not initiated into actual true adulthood. Yeah. Which is a certain orientation toward your community and the community of other than human beings and mm-hmm. like the cosmos, mm-hmm. which is just something that doesn't happen for most of us. So He's talking about adolescence as like spiritually uncooked humans, I guess, Mm. might be a way to put it. So, but wandering is that last phase. And after that, you go through an initiation. This is when it's done right or or whatever, the natural, you're you're initiated into a deeper level of yourself. You're uh, kind of a soul awakening or whatever. And the next, the next path is is called, or the next stage is called the apprentice. Mm. And I've felt for a while that, that we're in, that stage like of development or that is calling kind Mm. of in a transitional period between the two actually Mm -hmm. in the apprentice stages where you're really working on modes or vehicles of delivery for whatever your medicine is Mm -hmm. or whatever you're bringing to the community things like that and that's begun to feel much more true to me than the wanderer stage Mm -hmm. and i think this is something that's been you know, kind of shifting over the last couple of years, particularly. And it's been tough to like, let that old kind of identity die. Yeah. Um, there's been a, it's had a lot of last gasps. Yeah. Yeah. It did. <laughs> it, it just felt safe. It feels safe to be able to move on or like to have that flexibility and to have, be able to pack everything in my backpack or in my truck camper to have control in mm-hmm. that way. Um, to have that freedom which which I think we both felt has actually become more of a ball and chain than yeah. the freedom. Like that freedom is uh, preventing from a a larger freedom at this point, or whatever. Or the stage of the freedom that our stage of life is calling for. Yeah, perhaps 
It's funny that you say that, though, because we still we still own so little things that we could easily get the smallest size U-Haul. And, you oh, know, yeah. Well, you I'm know. not saying, like, I'm still a minimalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, I think for me, there's what's been coming up. I feel like something that's been coming up since we got back here and have been really grounding. Because, again, it's like I moved in and then I was gone for five weeks. And then coming back, it's taken me a minute to... Nest, although I think I've, we can talk about that too, but I think we're doing a pretty darn good job at making this really homey. We uh, had a cart, like, so there's uh, workawares or volunteers that work on this. This is a magical place, and we'll talk about it more later. But so there's uh, workawares, which are basically workaway is a site or a platform where you can uh, volunteer for people who need help. And in exchange, you can work out a deal for like free lodging. Mm-hmm. You can stay in a cool place usually or something of your interests. And sometimes there's food exchange too. And in exchange, you volunteer your work. So you also can get some practical experience. Yeah. Wolfers is another version of this. Travelers know about it. It's a really savvy way to travel if you don't have money. Oh, yeah. And I actually think it's also a really savvy way to travel if you're young and you don't have experience. Yeah. Um, because I think a lot of us can travel and then just get caught up in like the hostile backpacker scene or some something like that. More party. Party. It's it's like nothing wrong with that. It can be fun. But I think these workaway opportunities actually immerse you. They are one of the best ways I know to actually get immersed in a culture, in mm-hmm. a local culture. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna get in there and you're gonna start working, you're gonna have to start relating with the people on and, mm-hmm. and you're gonna get inside local information. Like it's a really good way to immerse. We did that in Portugal early twenty eighteen. Yeah. And it was lovely. Yeah, except for the part where I uh I almost I almost died or we almost died because uh, the stovepipe in the trailer was installed upside down and we got smoke poisoning and we're sick for a week. Well, you Other were sick that, for longer than that, but 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 that trailer was what gave us the idea to get a trailer of our own. Yeah, yeah so, so you know, all all almost, good things. Almost killed me though, but yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so there's workawares here, <laughs> and one of them, and this is a pretty desirable place to work away. Yeah. Like uh, the the host Ian, he's got five applications a day. Yeah, and uh, it's pretty magical. But one of the people here. Uh, his name is Alan, and he's a carpenter by trade. And he's been been staying here and, and exchanging his services. So one day he knocks on the door. He's like, "Hey, I heard you. We came in, and we're like, shit. Or like, we kind of need furniture. We need furniture. Like, actually, we, we need had a some stuff. There was some stuff. We had a couch and a bed, and like, there, it actually was okay and pretty minimal. But I was like, if we want to make this really comfortable and not feel like we're living out of boxes, we're gonna need furniture. Yeah. And so Alan shows up and he says, like, "Hey, I heard you need some stuff made. I'm a carpenter." And uh, and we literally just take him through the house and point out all the things we had dreamed of having, um, but wasn't sure how we were going to acquire. <laughs> and he made them all um, beautifully out of beautiful like cedar wood that is from here. Yeah. So like now we have all these this like finished beautiful cedar wood. We've got a huge bookshelf. We have a nice uh, dresser like for clothes. Mm. He made a beautiful desk for working and he made a beautiful like kind of altar desk that we have in our living room as well altar piece 
and and someone else when we showed up when we got back from being down uh traveling someone had already made a kitchen cabinet for us as well they re they reorganized our entire kitchen when we were gone so that it it was more more functional and you know me that's like speaking my love language at, at the most it's been incredible it's just like everything's kind of just showed up yeah and and I think where I was where I was also going with this is for me the what what's been really interesting is about a week was it a week after we got back we we decided to journey a little bit to kind of settle down in the space um so we we went on a little journey with our friend LSD which yeah. is always Always good and interesting. Although my last my last journey last summer was pretty scarring, so I w- it took me a while to fig- to feel ready to go back there. But it was exactly what we needed it to be, and I feel like it brought up a lot of realizations and healing around like, no, we're here, we're staying here. It's okay. You can like chill. You are here. We. We ended up spending most of the day outside. We were in the we we were in the river and like there was it was the end of it was on a Sunday and like the day before there was a big wedding on the property by people who attend Burning Man. So those are always fun weddings. Yeah. Like the vibe on the property is very very interesting when there's that kind of wedding going on. And uh and so it was just like people on canoes going up and down the river while we were here and it was our home. And I I had this experience a couple of times where we would meet people and they'd be like, oh, are you guys volunteering here? And like, no, we live here. And I've been playing around with like noticing the reaction from people, which like I can always tell is like, whoa. Like even if they don't say it, there's like that reality sinks in in their bodies and it's like, <laughs> the fuck? that's incredible and like i don't know i've been i feel like uh we've also been shifting a lot of our of our way of telling the story it's been like a big adjustment from and then i'll go back to the acid sunday but it's been a big adjustment from the the story of like we live below the poverty line and we live in the camper in the forest and that kind of like self-deprecating like ha 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 we're kind of homeless people yeah. to just owning the fact that this is our life. Like, I feel like that that other story makes it feel like, well, we're kind of not sure what we're doing. And now yeah. it's like, well, I'm not sure what I'm doing in the sense that I'm not sure what life has in store for us, but I know what the fuck I'm doing. I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident that I'm making these decisions because they are the best decisions that I can come up with with a sane mind. Yeah, you I feel know? more feel more rooted. I feel more, yeah, exactly. And so it, it's it's been interesting to just play around with that. But yeah, we spent the whole day in at the river, and then we went on a hike, like a little hike, just in our backyard, like not even anywhere. Maybe just, just to paint the picture for people who aren't uh, aware of where we live, um, we moved up to Oregon. Uh, in our truck camper. And we've been living on a beautiful property about an hour south of Portland. It's in the rainforest. And it it's uh it's a real like the steward of the land here as a longtime uh burner. So goes to Burning Man. It's been mm-hmm. like the last decade. He's there right now, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As we're recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just he just he just had a beautiful newborn baby. And uh, he's off to the burn. Oh um, yeah, well, with his dad. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. The baby's the, the baby didn't join the party, no, although no. baby totally wait till next year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we were surrounded by old growth rainforest, super lush. Think like if you're old enough to remember this f- reference, like Fern Gully is what comes to mind for me. 
It's just like I need to land. see that movie. I've never yeah, seen it. Yeah, we should it. watch it. Um, Garlands of Moss on it's Ancient where, Trees. It's where the river or creek meets the river. Um, they have a salmon project. They're bringing the salmon back. The mm. salmon are coming back up the stream. Massive fish. It's beautiful. There's also rainbow trout. There's eagle. There's bear. There's turkey vultures. There's foxes. Mountain lions. There's coyotes. There's snakes. Or like, it's beautiful, and it's a beautiful like retreat center that's been built out over the years. The family has um, protected this land from being logged. Actually, their neighbors are a logging company, um, <laughs> unfortunately, but this land has been protected for many, many generations now from being logged, and is still kind of has some of that old growth forest. And on it, um, because the steward is a burner. There's a lot of creativity mm-hmm. going on, mm-hmm. and he's a very good people person. We he's, will link our interview with Ian on yeah, the Yeah, he's an impressive networker as well, um, and kind of a connoisseur of Of, of people, many things, of many too. Things. Like, yeah, he's a writer. And it's like, fan. I feel like you always, you bring up anything, and he's like, I know a guy, I'll send you his number. Yeah. Like, and, anything, and like, like anything yeah. from, uh, you know, the, the... The most bizarre things. The most bizarre things. Yeah, yes. like we were talking about uh, dieting yew trees. Yeah. And so then he told us more about yew trees than I'd ever known. Yeah. That included a reference to the fact that they off-gas DMT. <laughs> and then that he was thinking about building a platform in one of the old-growth yew trees down by the river so that you could sit... At the top of it in the, in summer, the summer when they off-gas DNT and see, see what, what happens. See what happens. And apparently this is linked to the story of Odin. <sighs> um, so that's the kind of like, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And then he gave me a contact who knows about ingesting yew trees because apparently they can be lethal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad we asked. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> and then he gave us a contact of a, a master herbalist <sighs> who we might need to talk to if we wanted to diet a yew tree. Yeah. That's what we're talking about that's here. The this vibe. is the kind of guy we got. You know, he's working on a, mo- a documentary he filmed about narwhals. Um, so anyway, Burner, he's done a beautiful job of, like, bringing a magic to this property that includes the people that are here, uh, both the kind of guests, paid guests, and the volunteers, and also, like, structures. It's just super magical place. Yeah. So all around, absolutely stunning. I have to pinch myself every every day that that we're here. I, I mean, know the it's just hearing you describe it. Like I feel like it's sinking in deeper every time. Of like, how did we get so lucky? And, and I also have the thought of like, and if I was like following the far out couple, like putting myself <laughs> outside of myself, you know, it's like that's exactly where the kind of place those those dumasses would end up, right? It's like. Somewhere in some magical old growth forest yeah. in like a, in a small cabin. That's like made out of shipping containers. Made out of shipping containers. So we haven't totally like left our past. You yeah, know, like, yeah, so we yeah, still have yeah. And like there's a constant rotation through here of interesting people and events. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about like, you know, medicine retreats of different types and uh, funky, crazy weddings, parties. And like just you got, you got some of that vagabond crew coming through you also have like the creativity uh, of the burner type people mm-hmm. there's a lot of interesting interesting and and very intelligent and um inspiring people high caliber high, yeah yeah just cool people coming through here um so it, it's very much where you would expect the far out couple to land totally <laughs> yeah and so to go back to that like the kind of magical day that really feels like it feels like it w- we didn't like fully actually open any sort of cer- ceremony container for that journey. We were just like 
we did actually the night before and I think that carried over. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it ended up for me feeling like a really big like rite of passage arrival into this new phase of our life. Like for real. It felt like something really like unlocked. You know, we we were at the river and then we would encounter people and we'd tell them we live here. And then we went on a hike where we, you know, laid down on the grass and like looked at the tops of the trees and and then we ended up coming back to our space and being like, okay, still want to be outside though, you know? And so we went back, we went to the creek that actually is like right in our backyard, like literally in our backyard, like next to our outdoor shower. And we just went down to the creek, which is a place that we had never gone to just hang. Just imagine like the kind of creek you would see in Jurassic Park. That's this creek. Okay. All right. See, you're, I I haven't seen Jurassic Park since it like came out probably. So I do not remember any of it, but yeah, it's like someone just filmed a shoot last weekend. Yeah. They, they filmed, there's a film production here uh, and they were filming, they were doing a shoot for the day. And it was like, I heard the director say, okay, that's a wrap on Natalie in Asia. Like that's, (laughs) they were shooting a scene uh, of like some army, army. Yeah. Yeah. In Asia. So that's like the kind of feel yeah. we've got here. Is yeah, like yeah. You can use it as a scene for Asia. Yeah. And it's like the, you can go to any or any pocket and get completely lost in, in like a, a time portal of it, it, being in the creek. We were there for maybe an hour and like I was watching you play with the water and then I was in the water. And then at some point we hadn't talked a lot up to that point, but I think I, I looked over to you and I was like, this is our backyard. This is our home. And then you were like, it was obvious that you two were moved by this realization. And then I was like, brings up a lot. And then like, I just remember kind of crying for a while at the river, just noticing how, how scared I have been to let myself feel that anywhere can be home Mm -hmm. because there, and, and it's like, there's this like very tangible reality of, our personal experiences with the concept of home in the last, you know, five years of our life. But then it's like on a deeper level, it it just brought up all sorts of, you know, very root chakra experiences of like, a lot of security. Is it okay to ask for the earth to be my home? You know, like, is it, is it, is it, what right do I have to do this? Yeah. There, there's a lot of security stuff that came up for me. Um, And just, I think it's only now moving in that I recognized how much our tr- mobile home or the ways that we had been living had shape were shaping our life mm-hmm. and and our behavior and how we operate and how we think mm-hmm. and like it was only as we started moving in this place especially when we took LSD and we're sitting outside and it started to like a lot of this was coming up and I was like holy shit like wow I didn't realize some of the ways this has been impacting me and so it was like both beautiful and like scary and also sad. Yeah. And uh, and for me, it was funny because you asked that and I had been thinking about the same exact thing. And like we're sitting in the river, gurgling creek. The sun is like glistening off the, the creek and creek is like refreshingly crisp. And there's just all sorts of green and moss hanging down and all sorts of things flying through the flying through the air. And it's just absolutely magical. And And I was having this kind of like paranoia that someone was going to come down and tell us we couldn't be there. Oh. Yeah, just, just yeah. you know, like, and then I'd have to deal with that. And yeah. it's like, 
and and it was causing me to think like well what would give me the right to be here uh, uh because like because if someone tells you that right like they're saying they're the authority on, on why you can't be here yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and like and like i live here and and so i was just kind of like contemplating on like what gives me the right to be here mm. and for me the answer had nothing to do with like a, i mean it does have some on, on this plane it has everything to do with like a lease and property mm-hmm. rights and stuff but like but I think at a deeper level, it's like, for me, the answer on that was like, well, being in relationship with this place, like stewarding this place, caring for this place, knowing this place, having having a dialogue in this 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 place that goes both ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like getting to know it. There's like, there's a pretty big responsibility that comes with having the right to be somewhere. Yeah. It's that you're a part of it, right? And I don't even know if saying giving me the right to be there maybe that's totally the wrong language i think actually it is i think it's like how do i belong Mm. i don't think it's about rights at all probably it's about like what allows me to belong here or how can i belong here and maybe that's totally different than the question of what gives me a right to be here like but i think for me it was the similar essence as like what what allows me to belong here Mm. and and that is a sense of community and a sense of being a part of that community. And for me, it goes much, in fact, much the deepest part of that answer has nothing to do with other human beings. Yeah. It has to do with all the um, different forms of life and spirit that belong there. Mm-hmm. And there's this beautiful passage. I'd love to actually talk about these in more depth on the podcast because I think they're, they would be wonderful. But I've been... I've fallen in love with a, a new uh, intellectual. His name is Thomas Berry. Um, unfortunately, he's passed. I find that the best ones, <laughs> I find them after they're dead. He is a anthropologist and an eco-philosopher um, and, and other things. Uh, I think he was a theologian too. Um, God, I don't know. He was in the church or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he he's pointed to a lot as like one of our foremost like ecologists as far as like as far as doing the work of like moving into a a different vision of the future Mm -hmm. that's more based around nature and stuff. And he talks about like, you know, one of the major forces that are cosmic forces or cosmogenic principles that shape all of life. There's three of them he points out. Um, But one of them is like communion Mm. or or community, Mm. or you could call it natural selection. So it's natural selection. It's the necessity to survive in an environment. And, but it's, you can also consider it communion. And what I mean by that is like... You Letting know, he, yourself be shaped by the environment yes, so much yes. that you're in communion you, with it. Yes, because like for... like he, Exactly. Because mm-hmm. in order to survive, the community, the, the environment that you're living in, is telling you what's needed. Like, mm-hmm. let's say he gives the example of a woodpecker that maybe ventures out into the mountains and mm-hmm. maybe the woodpecker doesn't live there before, but this one um, ventures out into the mountains. And in doing so, the, he he points out how the mountains, in all the different ways, tell him what he has to do to live here. Mm-hmm. Your beak is too large for our trees. You know, your 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 wings are too wide to to navigate here or whatever. The environment is telling him all the ways mm-hmm. that he must change. And and the woodpecker must listen and respond to that if it's going to stay. It's mm-hmm. going to so so this like turns it all on its head where it's like 
and, and the woodpecker also will change the community by being there. But it's by listening. It's by listening and responding. And and this is this level of communion, you know, he points out this is not just like the like the atomic level of the individual, right? Like we're in community and that means there's me and there's you and there's that person and we vote in a democracy or something like this. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, this is on a physical, genetic level mm-hmm. that the woodpecker is changed. The woodpecker is changed in its very being in order to be here. It is and in that way the woodpecker becomes an expression of the mountains and you can't you can see the community and the individual and the individual and the community and that's communion mm. and i've been thinking about that a lot because i think that goes very counter to a lot of the individualistic beliefs that are so sacrosanct yeah uh, or so I don't know if that's right. But you know what's interesting as you say that? I don't want to go down that rabbit hole fully, but I just want to like open up a a, a doorway, which is like, if you think about the environment that most of us evolve in, cities, concrete, near fluorescent light, cubicles, corporate life, like that kind of pace and like very time and like you, you, it's very uh, constricted or I don't know, like it's very codified in one way. It's like, individualism is one of the ways that you have to think and evolve to survive in that environment. Yeah. It's what the environment requires of you. So in some ways it's like... Well, it's because, yeah, because you, you want to resist that. Like you want to, like, that's a machination almost. I, I'm not I'm not sure that's exactly how I mean it. Uh, I mean it that, like, if you're going to survive in, like, a corporate environment and thrive in a corporate environment, mm-hmm. the corporate environment is telling you at a cellular level mm-hmm. that you need to be thinking for yourself an individual and try to shut you off, shut yourself off from things that might interfere with that. Sure, I don't know. Sure. Rabbit hole, doors open, jump in it if you want. I, I will maybe later. But to, <laughs> to bring it back to like that moment, because what you just described, like as you were telling it, we ended up, you know, coming back after that time spent at the creek and, and unpacking all of this, which I think for it's fascinating to take LSD with you. Because it just highlights the ways that we are so vastly different. Oh, yeah, yeah. You go, you your mind thinks in such interesting ways, and I just become a puddle of feeling. It's like they just like, and it's beautiful, but it's like it, it, we're so different. It's so hard to follow you. It can be and hard to connect in the midst of an acid <laughs> trip between the two of us because, yeah, yeah. because we go into those so much. Yeah. And I think the way you go into your feelings can be like too much, yeah. overwhelming for me. And, and the way and, I go into yeah, like, these like, cosmic visions can be too much for too me. Much. But I see them everywhere. I, I can't yeah. resist them. It just totally. flood in. Totally. Um, but but now that I'm not on acid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and even then, it's like that image of you, me, naked, wet with the water from the creek and then pretty much just crying on repeat but not from just from everything from the intensity and the beauty of life and then you holding your hands at the point where the water rushes over the rock and goes down to the following pool in the creek and just like playing with the way that the light hits the water and that it does some sort of like weird Color it was kind of like a, like a Harry Potter Dementor thing, you know, where like your soul's getting sucked and yeah, like it's getting kind of blurry. Yeah, yeah, it's kind yeah. of doing that with my hands. It's yeah, like, and like you watching watching you do that and you trying to tell me about it so that I could also witness it was like, this is communion. 
This is this is actually what it takes to be in relationship with the land. It's not much more than that. But I think when we do that, there comes this like crushing weight of responsibility. There's a cedar outside of our deck that I see every day that for the last weeks has gone brown from the tips to yeah. pretty much the bottom of its leaves because there's not enough water. Yeah, and for it's, it to, it's painful. This is the it other becomes thing. like so. This is the problem of caring for a place <laughs> is yeah. that then you care and like. You care in all the ways, and it's it. You open up to pain. Yeah, it's it. There's a lot of sorrow in it too, because I've been looking at that cedar too. Yeah, um, for the last few weeks and watching it slowly die from the top. Um, and I think it's going to make it through, but like, how many more years? You know. Yeah, and also the like, it's hard, and I think this is one of the reasons why um, it's easier to stay as a wanderer. I found it in myself, like. No, I think it's just hard. I think this is one of the real challenges we have with, like, you know, the environmental aspect of things right now is that, like, you know, a lot of the work um, we do at, in Yosemite and at Wild Within in general, like, has been motivated from the from my logic on it is, like, you have to care first. Like, you have to be touched by a place before you can start to care, right? Like, there needs to be... You need to appreciate it. It can't be just this conceptual, like, trees are dying. Trees that you don't know in a place you've never... Or sometime in the future or whatever. Like, you need to go out there and be moved by it. And then you will care. Yeah. And, but I I think the challenge we have is that I think a lot of us, whether consciously or unconsciously, know that to relate to care is going to bring a shit ton of pain and sorrow. At the and 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 feelings of helplessness and all the all the other feelings like it's overwhelming and I I think this is why it's been helpful to particularly I'm thinking of like the Buddhist paths that that help so much in in developing and working with compassion mm-hmm. because that's been a kind of super important um, practice as I get in relationship. Or as as these relationships deepen, because mm-hmm. um, they do care about it, and it is painful. Yeah, at the same time as it is joyful. Yeah, so I think this is this is a lot of what has been coming up around. Like, I think there's a there's a sense of, I like to think about it as like rights and responsibilities, or like privileges and responsibilities. It's like there there is a. It's funny, actually, that that comes from um, some, like, civic education that I used to have when we were uh, little in mm-hmm. France. It's like a, it's we, we had we had this class of, like, what it means to be a citizen, like, what it means to be part of a, right. of a nation. And and they were talking to us about here are your rights and here are your responsibilities. And it's that concept still like I remember it re- resonating pretty deeply back then. And I, I feel that way, but it's like, it's a whole different, it's like, if I'm a, if I'm a mature, healthy, spiritually initiated adult, or if I'm working towards becoming that, what does it mean to be in communion with the place that I live with the people that I, that I live with? What does it mean to have the right, what, 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 what does it truly mean to give you the right to be somewhere? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think this is why so many of the kind of land-based cultures or nature-based cultures have been, has been eradicated. Right. Because, because that is a, 
authority that does not come from another person mm-hmm. or from a nation or from a religion. Mm-hmm. It comes from your relationship with the land. Yeah. It's settled between you and and your and the place. Yeah. Right? Like that's not controllable. Mm-hmm. And and that, that I think can foster a sense of not really independence, independence from from uh, from more man-made from structures. Yeah, 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 because it's it's not it's a deep dependence. Yeah, actually. Yeah, but I I think this has been something that has been systematically rooted out for centuries now, for thousands that, of yeah. years. Actually, yeah. I mean, you definitely go back to the Romans; they were doing that. Yeah, and you can go back further than that. And so it's like we're the product of that. We're at like you know that coming close to reaching its goal mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah. And it's a question that's working on me. I don't have an answer for it. I think when we when we took LSD and then spent a bunch of time outside in this wonderland, it was like really letting that question sink in mm-hmm. and really realizing, whoa, this is this is a question I'm gonna have to live the answer to and it's going to challenge me yeah. and it's going to push me. And I'm going to be changed by it if I ask it. That's intimidating. It is. And I think, like, again, I, I, I remember just feeling when we were unpacking that later, still still in the journey, but we were, it was obvious to me that this is, like, the ultimate question of what it means, like, to, to, what it means to be an adult, a human, fully sovereign human walking this earth. And I think for me, a lot of what was coming up, which is, it's a force that's much bigger than I than I am. And I didn't really, I, I just had to let it be without taking it too seriously or like thinking in terms of timelines or anything. But I can feel that the portal of us creating a life and bringing it onto the earth is like approaching like I don't know when I don't care when it's just like I can feel that like that that weight of responsibility is inching closer and it's like that for that's my version of your question is like it's it's the way that I grapple with this question is like what does what does it mean to consciously choose to invite another soul to come and be embodied in this timeline of reality that we live through, that we're living through right now. What does it mean? Because I've heard and I feel like I hear this and I have, I have so much to, I have so many feelings around it of like, you know, the, the comments that it's irresponsible to bring more life right or now, like, yeah. yeah, it's like, well, I don't, I, I don't know if I would have children and like, there, there's a lot, there's a lot, and I'm not, I don't really want to go there, but it, it's, it is, it is a question that I, it is a, it is a reality that I don't take lightly. And I think that I felt that you and I, by the river, trying to understand our relationship to this place, not just this place where we live here, but like the world and like, and, and, and what it means to fully walk the earth with beauty yeah, it's like I have to, it, there's a sense of responsibility of like, you have to walk this earth with beauty if you're going to bring more humans onto this earth. They need to see, they need to see with their own eyes what it's like to have, to walk with beauty. And they, and they, they this is the only way that they too are going to be able to do the same thing if, if it's modeled by the people that are around them. And I don't know. This is kind of my like more feeling version of this of this question. And I, I 
kind of want to loop it back and take it back, to bring it back to like this, this very tangible, like we have a house and we have furniture. Can, can I just say that like something we haven't said, but yeah. it, it, we joke about it, but it's, <laughs> it's such a big deal is we're not constantly annoyed at each other because we're in each other's way. We have enough space. Like, it seems like oh we my have, God, yeah. it seems like we have an absolutely gratuitous amount of space here. Like, which is, if anyone saw the place, they would laugh at us for saying that because it's not that big. <laughs> but for us, it is, it is huge. Yeah. Um, in, in a lot of ways, like we just don't bump into each other. And it, I, it's helped me also realize like how much pressure the truck camper was putting on our relationship. Yeah. That had nothing really to do with you or with me. It just had to do with the fact that we were too tightly packed together. Yeah. It was it was becoming oppressive. It was like the last this last like I don't want to say the full year. No. I want to say from from like November on, and then like it got worse in the spring. Yeah, which I guess is what happens when you when like we've been seeing um, these insects here mm. that have that have shed their skin. Mm-hmm. So like you see. Just the exo, like the old exoskeleton of their skin, right? And they're like kind of look like crickets, but they're not quite. Um, And there's there's just like lines of them near near the the river level Mm -hmm. of uh, they've left these old skins, so these like carcasses are still there, and it it must feel kind of like that, right? Like because I would imagine they they feel like it's tight. Like, it's preventing them from growing. There's a lot of friction, right? Mm. Like, there's pressure mounting. And and they don't they probably don't have the foresight of what they're instinctually yeah. about to be to do. They just have to jump out of their skin. Yeah, literally. And, yeah, and like that's a gradual process, right? And at some point, the pressure gets too much, the skin splits, and they they do that yeah. or whatever. Well, I think that's like our equivalent of that, right? Like, should we touch on Dorothy for anyone who's asking? Yeah, let's do it. What's so? What's up with Dorothy? So uh, Dorothy, <clears throat> our truck camper. And you're looking at the uh, Craigslist King over here, <laughs> and he strikes again. After we have posted, we have put Dorothy up for sale. Dorothy's our camper. Dorothy's it's, our... She's the old skin that we left. Yes, so this is yes. why I jumped in yeah, with that. Yeah. We've put her up for sale like many, many times over the last like year, year and a half almost. Yeah. And there's been a few times where we thought we were done and we weren't. But now we officially are. We found a new home for her. And I think it's going to be, we really wanted it to be the right person. Yeah. Um, and it turns out it's going to be. I think it's someone, you know, here's here's how you know. is This person has a very old, like, RV that's called Dottie. Um, and when I found that out, I was like, well, ours is named Dorothy. And she's <laughs> like, oh, that's great. I'm not even going to change the name. And the first place she's going to take it, guess, listener, guess. Where would you take Dorothy? Dorothy the truck camper. Kansas. Kansas. She's going to Kansas. This is a match made like cosmically, right? Like this is destiny right here. And and Dorothy's going to get so many good like looks. Like people are going to love her down in Kansas. Yeah, I think Kansas is up, but uh up? Really? Uh, I don't know. No, no, no. We're in the Pacific Northwest. Oh Sorry. yeah, we're <laughs> we're not in California yeah. anymore. By yeah. the way, we are also residents of Oregon officially. Oh, yeah. I received my driver's license. I have history. not, but I, I I'm officially one as well. Um <laughs> So, yeah, we've received a deposit. She's with us for the next month. She's getting picked up at the end of September. We've had multiple people tell us we should go on one last 
hurrah with her before and i'm like no i just want to make sure a tree doesn't fall on her like, yeah let's just you know no problems plus plus i do not want to leave our home no ever i don't again. yeah i just do not care <laughs> we're both in love right now and that that's the other thing that i'd like to touch on really quick before we wrap up here which is just there's a peace i'm feeling that goes with this movement right that we've always had to move on mm-hmm. and it's like For the first time, it's like this huge breath out. And it's like, whoa, there's nowhere to go. We live here. We live here. And like, and I've been so happy here for the last few weeks, just like really enjoying the routine of the day. The fact that we live out in the forest and it's summer. And like, I enjoy the work that we do and that we get to do it from here. We get to work with between the people our clients or customers or whatever you want to call them and our partners um, and the projects and ideas we're working with. Like I'm happy to do it all. And I'm happy for it to like here. It feels like you can extend out over the whole day because I'm not trying to get back from the office. Yeah. So I can go out and chop wood for a little while to like kind of get the blood flowing and like process and then come back and like work on the desk or we go down to the river Every day. At midday. Every day and get some sun and jump in the river and watch the fish jump. We do that every day. Like, it's just like, it's just amazing because it's like life is clicking into a place in a way it's in the, that I never dreamed it could. Yeah. And I've had, you know, actually, it's not true. I have dreamed it could. I have dreamt it could for like the last 15 years of my life. Seriously. And this is the first time I've felt that like contentment. And like that kind of balance and that just magic of like, I'm I'm excited to wake up every day. Not that I haven't been, but like, there's nowhere to go. This is it. And now it's like, how do I belong? That's it for today, Far Out People. Thank you for listening. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. Toodles. Toodles. <laughs>